We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jeff Metis, Western New York PGA Pro and co-host of Tee to Green, which airs during the summer here on the station from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. and 7 to 9 during major weeks. It's basically a major week right now, Jeff. I'm wondering, I, I texted Brian yesterday, I'm like, why aren't you guys on the radio? This is basically bigger than a major. We're not on the radio because we're watching the golf. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, well, he was also golfing himself, which sort of seems yeah. sacrilegious because unless you have your phone out at all times with the Ryder Club playing in the background, it sort of seems it seems sketchy that you're on the golf course today. Yeah, this is, uh, for me, this is must-see TV. It yeah. doesn't come around much, and yeah, this is this is the weekend you hunker down. You watch, you get to watch twelve hours of golf a day, and it's 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 the most fun golf uh, I think there is to watch, uh, other than the Masters. Maybe. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I I I think I saw they they said it on TV yesterday, Jeff, that after day one and the U.S.'s six two lead was the largest lead for Team USA in forty eight years. Maybe it was, or maybe it was thirty eight. It was not, I think I want to say it was nineteen seventy six. Something along those. Not not a big math guy. I don't know if you knew that about me, yeah. but. Um, yeah. Overall, Jeff, I've got to say, I I was going into this Ryder Cup with a quiet confidence, which I think every U.S. fan can't really have loud confidence because of the absolute domination that Team Europe has had over Team USA um, since this, you know, since the tournament's inception. Um, but overall, your your thoughts on day one? Were you surprised, or were you sort of like me, expecting this, but maybe a little hesitant to to get loud about it? I, 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 it's, it always feels like it ends up being closer because of the format. I think the format keeps things tight. It, it makes it difficult to, to get a big lead. Even as we watch right now, I think you can be worried. Hey, they win a couple matches coming in this, this morning and then this afternoon they get the advantage and then tomorrow's a whole nother ball game. So you, you know, you can never have a big enough lead with this format. You know, it's a uh, points are, you know, it's one point per match tomorrow. There's 12 points. So there's, you know, tomorrow's a big day and, um, I've been happy to see how the U.S. teams played, obviously, and it's fun to watch. But um, but I'm not super comfortable with the lead just yet. Talk to me a little bit about uh, th- this matchup this morning. I woke up early, watched the first match. Match one this morning is Brooks Kepka, Danny Berger against John Rahm and Sergio Garcia. And and good on t- good on Team Europe for just running back that Rahm Garcia group. They are just as tough to beat as anybody right now. Sergio in these types of tournaments is just such a good ball striker. Um, and pairing him with the best player in the world seems to really be working. They were down three early in this one, Jeff, but they find themselves up to now. Brooks has not. Re- really played his best golf in this tournament yet they're going to need him at some point more than likely tomorrow during singles but overall your, your, your thoughts on getting out to that early three hole lead and, and dropping things and now they find themselves through 13 down two to team europe well you know it, it, it's it's a game of swings there's a lot of momentum in golf as you know you, you get hot for a few holes and by the way you pair me with john Rahm, we're gonna do okay <laughs> yeah um but um but, you know, I think it's a game of swings. I wouldn't count him out yet. I know he's had a few bad holes. Sometimes that happens, you know, but the good players, that's why he's one of the best players in the world, tend to find a way to uh, to settle themselves down. You know, you get fatigued. 
whether you believe it or not, these are you know there's a lot of a lot of stress involved, a lot of pressure, a lot of emotion. So that that kind of emotional energy will drag you down, and you know maybe one good swing, one good shot can uh, flick a switch on a player like Burks Kepka, and he can get going. And beating John Ram is going to be hard, no matter what you do. Uh, yeah, it's a great pairing of players, and uh, everybody's playing their hardest, and it's you know it's wonderful TV, and uh, you know I, you have to play your best to win, and um, you know he'll find a way. I'm not I'm not too worried about him, um, I, but it is it is fun to watch, that's for sure. It's unbelievable to watch, and and I, I think before, because you and I will probably spend about five to ten minutes talking about the course, because there's that much stuff oh. to talk about in this course, because it's just it's absolutely marvelous for television. Um, mm-hmm. I and and by the way, Jeff, I recently bought a like a sixty-five inch flat screen TV, and my God, for that purchase alone, this tournament has been unbelievable to watch on the on the uh, on the shores of Lake Michigan. Just an unbelievable atmosphere and an unbelievable scene. But I, I wanted to ask you about match two, maybe most notably Dustin Johnson, who is the second best player in the world um mm-hmm. and he really has raised his game he has not been a guy jeff that has had a ton of success in Ryder cups um you know since since sort of playing this is i believe is his third or fourth Ryder cup um and just has not had the success and he goes two and zero yesterday up three early with morikawa him and and morikawa have been a really nice pairing especially in these four uh, early morning foursomes yeah morikawa is the one i've been a little more impressed with me interesting um mm-hmm. Um, and Dustin's Dustin. He's just, he's always going to be good. You know, um, I just, I think, um, I, I, I think sometimes, you know, people put a lot of pressure on these players. So how are you playing when you're coming in, too? You know what I mean? It's, mm. a, it's a game of confidence. I think an event like this overrides a lot of that, though, because there's so much around it. Whether you're confident or not, whether you're playing your best or not, whether you've been grinding it all summer all year or not, you're, you're going to find that little extra adrenaline. And sometimes that helps, and sometimes that hurts, and sometimes you feel like you have complete control of the golf ball, and sometimes it feels like, where is this going when I hit it? Even the best players in the world. Yeah. So it, it's a it's a tough situation to be in, and um, and I think that's where the captain comes in with resting guys and pairings and confidence, and and it helps when the team's playing well too. You know, when everybody around you's playing well, there's a nice uh, there's a nice feeling. If if you're getting your butt kicked, you know how that can be. It's uh, it can bring you down, and it definitely affects your play. So I think the U.S. is in a good spot because they the whole team's playing well, and um, you know it's. But they're they're not done yet. They got to fight ahead of them. Still. Big putt from Patrick Cantlay, uh, which puts the fourth match between Cantlay and Shifley and Lee Westwood and Matthew Fitzpatrick. They're now up two. So another uh, important match of the day this afternoon through nine holes. Actually, that's through ten now. And that's uh, Shifley and Cantlay now up two. I wanted to ask you about the pairing of Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. Uh, Jeff, because you know, yesterday they struggled a bit out of the gates. They got hot towards the middle of the round, and then ended up losing yesterday. Um, your overall thoughts about running it back with those two? Jordan struggled early. We obviously saw that unbelievable shot that he hits yesterday, just for just for Justin Thomas to miss the putt, and it mean essentially nothing in the course of the match. But I, I these are two childhood best friends, guys that grew up playing the game together. I get from a chemistry perspective, but after yesterday, I was a little surprised to see them go back at it. Um, and come out today at, at, during that third match and uh, start slow. And once again, they're sort of getting hot towards the middle, but they find themselves down one to Victor Hovland and uh, Weisenberger. Yeah, I was surprised too. I thought they might get a rest. It's a lot of golf. I mean, if you're going to play every session, that's an awful lot of golf. I don't know how often that actually happens. And you want to keep your best players fresh because 
you know, a point's a point tomorrow also, and that's one versus one, so that, you know, those points are just as valuable. I was surprised. I do think to some degree, because they're such stalwarts for the team, and Jordan's so good with the putter that you just may want to play these guys into shape and just, mm. you know, they're, and just let them, just let them keep going. Maybe they find a groove and between the two of them, you know, they didn't have a great day, but, you know, they're, they're uh, still stalwarts of the team. And if you're going to throw somebody out there as a, as a pairing, that might not be a, someone to ride for all the sessions. That might be a great, great pairing to ride. You know, those are tough decisions and and you've got to talk to your players and you know there's cap there's people with each group seeing how they're actually playing you know it might be they actually hit it okay or felt they played okay and caught a few uh caught a few breaks or ran into a buzzsaw or whatever it was so sometimes it's not just your results but how you're actually out there playing and how the strengths of your game are going for you that day that may make that decision um to keep them going so you might look at them and say hey you know, they didn't play terrible, and they, I feel like they're getting hot, so let's uh, let's throw them out there one more time. Jeff, I, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about, and, and it's funny because you and I were texting yesterday, and uh, obviously a, a, a pretty noteworthy, memorable moment is watching Bryson basically take a line that I don't think very many people, if anyone at all, has ever taken at that golf course. Watching him pipe that line 417 yards after his partner hits a 286-yard three-wood down the middle of the fairway. Like, a good shot in retrospect, but like... He basically doubles down. He's got a. He ends up eagling the hole, and and your quote to me, which is probably the quote you'd hear from just about anybody who's who's following along in this Ryder Cup, is, "I may not like Bryson, but man, I'll take him on my team any day." And I think we see sort of the fruits of that yesterday. Obviously, they end up splitting, and they only get a half point in that matchup yesterday. But a really good first first round, anyways, for Bryson at the Ryder Cup. You know, he's like that football player that's explosive, that punt returner that can just let one, just rip one off one of these times. Um, and maybe because his partner did hit 286 down the middle and had a good look at that pin is why he's able to try to rip at it. And, you know, he might not, like, it, I, I don't enjoy all the baloney between him and Brooks Koepka, but, um, but in this type of format, a guy who can, who can do that and who can also make a double, but you know he can also he you know he cha- he can change the momentum of a round real quick with with uh you know hitting a pitching wedge into a par five to a foot and make an eagle um, that kind of thing fires up not just his partner not just him and his team and and that's what you want to get is you want to these players are searching for that momentum that that rhythm that groove that they can find right now and they feel a lot of pressure and uh, and a guy like him he you know he's he's a bit of a sideshow but he, I'd like to have him as my sideshow on my team yes. <laughs> Jeff Mead is here on the Western Hotline talking Ryder Cup action. Jeff is the co-host in our uh, summer Tea to Green show, which you can hear. Um, and if you missed any episodes this year, any major episodes, want to go back, and of course you can do that on demand at WGR550.com or the Odyssey app. Jeff, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about, first and foremost, a Pete Dye course. You, you're sort of, you, you sort of know there's going to be some really hmm, – how do you put it? Like, I, I – I try to be nice. He's just kind of a jerk. <laughs> um, and in some of his formats, like this course, add in the elements with the wind off of the lake. And when, when, it, when the wind is coming from land onto the lake, how hard, especially the left or right wind, because everybody just thinks, okay, hitting into the wind is really tough. But, you know, I'd love to tee off with a 20 mile per hour wind at our back any day. And sure, 
you know, you could add an extra 15, 20, 30 yards to your tee shot, but try to control a, a flighted pitching wedge from 140 yards with a 20-mile-per-hour wind behind your back. It's not as fun, but this left-to-right wind, talk, to, talk a little bit about how much more difficult that plays and how you have to try to, you know, shape shots with and against this wind and with this course and the layout, how much more difficult that can be with, with really just trouble everywhere and these humongous greens. You know, I always felt uh, as a person who faded the ball, that left to right wind was tougher, and I never liked the one pushing at my back. You know, I felt like it made it more difficult to uh, stay in balance and, and hit really good shots. It's a little easier when it's in your face or, or pushing, you know, towards your chest. Um, the golf course is spectacular. It's supposed to be um, – it's supposed to bring these peaks and these – you know, the, the, the double bogeys and the eagles into play – um, it's not chosen because it's not visually appealing on TV also. And not it's also one of the greatest golf courses that's been hosting majors. So the golf course itself is such a wonderful venue to have this event. And I enjoy watching these players, you know, in ski caps and mm-hmm. hoodies. Yeah. And seeing some <laughs> wind and seeing difficult shots. Because I like identifying the best players. And when you watch the best players in the world – navigate this amazingly difficult golf course in difficult conditions um, and get up and down from these crazy bunkers which are everywhere and hit these shots from the rough it to me it just uh, it just it, it emphasizes how good they really are and you know it's a it's it's a pleasure to watch and and the course has lived up to everything yeah. and it, and it's perfect for match play I, I i don't think the pga of america could have picked a better site for this and i wouldn't be surprised if it came back soon last thing i have for you jeff is is for those that maybe don't play a lot of varied golf games like we're like we're seeing today particularly you know, alternate shot. Like, I think for the most part, people are playing, you know, four-man scrambles, two-man best ball. Like, they're, they're outside of that, there are, you know, maybe maybe there's a couple other games you sprinkle in. But for the most part, when you're going to play for in a charity tournament or so, you're not getting a lot of unique games like we're seeing in the Ryder Cup. Talk to me a little bit about the strategy of alternate shot. And, and, and if you're not a person that's maybe ever played it, how difficult it can be, especially because – you're not, oh, you know, not hitting the next shot can be tough, and sort of trying to zone in and 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 sort of keep your head to realize that you may not get to control where your next shot comes from. Well, and I think there was an interview with Brooks Kepka before the event where he discussed how it's different, and it's definitely different. And I think you feel more pressure as a player, especially representing your company, country in a format like this. You know, if you and I are playing, Nate, and I hit a bad shot and I put you in a bad spot, I feel awful. If I do it to myself, I kick myself. Right. You know, I'm like, all right, I'm going right. to get up and down. I'm going to grind it out. I'm going to make it whatever. But when you put somebody, your partner, in a bad spot, you feel terrible. Or you blow a simple shot. You know, you have an eight iron or in your hand and you, you hit it 40 feet or something, you know, or yeah. you, you miss a four footer that you make 89% of the time. <laughs> you feel worse then and you put more pressure on yourself then than you do when you're playing your own ball, I think, because you're more in control and you don't want to disappoint your teammates. So I think that's. It's a unique format. It's it's not played very frequently. It's in you know country clubs. A lot of couples events are this way. They call those divorce opens. But uh, the, uh, you want to uh, you, you want to really help your team. You really want to be strong. You really want to be solid. And um, 
and you want to play your best more so than you do when you're playing your own ball. But uh, but it makes it fun, and that, and it's it makes for good television too. For a weekend every other year, Jeff Sergio Garcia becomes like enemy number one for me. I I and it it sucks because I like Serge so much. He's such an easy guy to root for for me, anyways. Like I I love watching his game. He's the sort of game that's going to play late into his his forties and fifties, and he's just one of those players that's just such a pure ball striker. But man, do I hate him come Ryder Cup time, man. I I'd like hate him with all of me. And he had no business earning his way onto this team this year because of his play. Right. But because of how he performs in this event, he he gets invited every time. Yes, and I understand why. Now you do. Jeff, thanks so much, my friend. Enjoy your Saturday and enjoy your Ryder Cup weekend. And uh, we'll, uh, I'm sure you and I will uh, we'll have a chance to, uh, to talk soon. All right. Thanks for calling, Nate. I'll talk to you soon. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.